Welcome to the New Idea Podcast. I'm your co-host, John Vocal, And I'm your co-host, Bob Love. This is the podcast where we delve deep into Northwood's core philosophy, talking with people who live the founding philosophies of this institution. We are thankful you're listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode. All right, so this is likely going to be uh, one of the few podcasts where Bob and I do not have a guest. And the reason why is because this is going to be uh, an introduction podcast where we as hosts kind of get to introduce ourselves and why we decided to uh, start this and dedicate our times to it. And on top of it, uh, we kind of just have an unfiltered ability to expand on what the Northwood idea is and why it is that we're going to be bringing people on to talk about it here. Yeah. So John, when I approached you on this, um, really in the beginning stages, this was supposed to be a classical liberal libertarian style podcast and not that the Northwood idea is, you know, clinging to one certain political philosophy or party. Um, but that's what I approached you with. And it turned into kind of as I started to delve deeper and deeper into the Northwood idea, like, Hey, why don't we make this something that is through the school and we try to expand on what makes Northwood so great. So like what, what do you expect to get out of this? What do you want to do with this? Yeah. So, so going back on your point there, um, I wanted to get something, you know, in line of a classical liberal podcast rolling for a long time. Um, and not only, you know, you approaching me was, was something that, that kind of motivated me to get moving on it. But on top of it, uh, I think us connecting it to the school and talking about uh, Northwood's core philosophies is something that gives it a lot more meaning and substance than just yet another, you know, political conversation uh, podcast. Um, not only am I kind of tired of people talking about current events and politics in that sense, but I think that there's a lot deeper meaning to Northwood's philosophy itself than just what's going on on the news on any given day. Um, so what I'm looking to get out of it is I want to have listeners have a better established sense of what Northwood is about. And I want the two of us to have some fun, you know, talking about these philosophies that we, uh, you know, very much subscribe to and embrace um, in the process. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to be able to um, sit down and talk with people who not only believe this, but they live it. And that's the important part. Um, ideas are just ideas until we live them out. And the Northwood idea is so incredibly livable. And it emphasizes, like, well, I guess maybe not emphasize your life, but it, it takes whatever your life was, you apply the Northwood idea, and it makes it so much better and bigger. So <clears throat> let's, uh, let's just dive into kind of um, how we got to Northwood, what makes us love Northwood so much, and then we can talk about the Northwood idea itself. Yeah, sure. So um, I know that we kind of uh, share in this, but Northwood was not originally on my radar when finding a school to go to. Um, my parents more or less dragged me to um, an orientation and campus tour. And um, I'm very happy that they did because not only did I think that the campus was beautiful, but on top of it, um, one of the very first things uh, that was set out the gate, I, th I think it was Professor Hopp and, and one of the, uh, the professors that, that currently teaches at uh, DeVos Graduate School. So we're like, hey, you know, we have this philosophy and we embrace personal responsibility in markets. And it was the first time, um, you know, I had heard an institution mention that. And then the rest of the time they spent a good time talking about education that you're going to get out of that situation and um you know all the different things that really prepare students to be great in the w real world which out of every campus tour that i had 
while I was searching for a school. Not a single one had that level of emphasis on academics. Um, you know, they were pretty much showing, oh, look at this gym we have and look at all these <laughs> clubs we have. And don't be wrong, that's an important part of the college experience too, but at the end of the day, we're here to learn. Um, so during my time here, obviously, I, I kind of uh, fell in head first with those philosophies and, uh, you know, having an econ minor definitely helped with all of that as well. Um, and I think that was very compatible with, you know, my interests and in Northwood ID and stuff like that. And here I am at the graduate school. I got one year left and I want to, you know, dive into this a little bit more and and leave a footprint at Northwood about, you know, the impact that the Northwood idea has had on me and, you know, kind of the avenues that I've taken throughout college. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm currently uh, working with Young Americans for Liberty, who is a nonpartisan organization that pretty much focuses on, uh, you know, students having free speech rights on campus, uh, fighting for, you know, legislation that just expands people's rights and freedoms. They're, they follow a lot of the same philosophies and principles that we do as a, a school. And um, you're, you're the one who actually got me into Yale and to be the chapter president at Northwood and allow the North Today to drive it, which is awesome. Um, no, man, it's I have a similar uh, weird story on how I got to Northwood, and it was uh, all through athletics. So academics was really never a driver for me in uh, my search for a university. I just wanted to play college football. I ended up having a couple of offers from schools all over the kind of like upper northeast area of the, the United States, one from uh, another school here in Michigan and then another school out east. But I ended up going with Northwood uh, because I, I just clicked with the campus. And I never really took my academic journey here seriously up until this year. So we went through all the stuff with the flood, the awful, terrible flood that more or less wiped out the majority of Midland County residents and their homes. But when, when I really started to see the change, what made Northwood different was when we started organizing people to volunteer and get out and help. And people were willing to do so, and more of which I, I've never really seen before. I mean, we, you were there at Dr. Moots's house when we had, we had like 40 people show up on a Tuesday afternoon I think it was Tuesday, it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. um, to tear down his entire house. Yeah, people ended up sticking around, I think, through the majority of that week. Um, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I think what you did for that ended up mobilizing, you know, some out of 100 people and at the very least was able to allow people during those hard times to express what they needed help with and find that help. So a lot of other schools or institutions or groups would have just said, hey, you know, just wait for FEMA to get here, wait for the government to get here. What we're going to do is um, we're just going to wait and they'll be able to help you better. But Northwood staff, students, alumni, they showed up. They said, we are going to do this. We're going to you know, tear down this house, do whatever we can to help Dr. Moots. And we ended up saving his house. Yeah. And I mean, it's amazing actually how efficient it was. Um, we pretty much, you know, brought it down to nothing but studs and, mm -hmm. and had it ready for the construction crew in like a 48 hour period. So pretty awesome um i think moots posted a uh, flood update today i think on his, his gofundme but uh i think they plan on on moving back in sometime in the next couple of weeks here hopefully before that Christmas is so sounds. cool yeah that is so cool yeah it's it's definitely amazing and it's it's crazy it's been a crazy six months journey for them so i'm, I'm very happy that they're getting you know some normalcy and again this is this is among uh the pandemic too this this what the flood yeah. happened in in late may 
Yeah, it was uh, really February, the pandemic broke out. Right. And then we showed up in May during a pandemic. You know, people already had risks to show up and help of, you know, time, making money, taking time off work, whatever it is. And now you throw on a deadly virus on top of it and people still showed up to help. They yeah. took that risk. No, awesome. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, for me, that was that was like the first time that I had, you know, gone out and, and been with a group of people in months. And I'm sure most people share that same sentiment. But mm-hmm. when your community is literally underwater, um, you know, that's that's definitely a risk worth taking. So awesome. Um, so I guess from there, then we can kind of discuss, you know, what about Northwood's philosophy appealed to us? And why is it that that we kind of, you know, live it out to a degree um, and embrace it at this level? And I think that I can take a stance here of just, I'm, I don't really care if not everybody fully agrees with the Northwood idea. The fact that it exists in the first place, um, as you know, definitely in contrast with the majority of other educational institutions is just, um, I think a really important statement on why it should be there in the first place is that other educational institutions, if they have a core philosophy that they want to bestow onto their students. Uh, they, one, aren't as direct about it and as, you know, universal as I think Northwood intends to be. And two, this, that's not the, the Northwood idea is not the message that other universities are, are trying to promote. Right. Um, and, you know, it's, it's up to other people to try to politicize that. But at the end of the day, the Northwood idea is something that focuses on personal freedom and personal responsibility. And I think if you boil down all of the amazing aspects of what we're going to end up talking about here is we we have a number of guests on what it's really going to boil down to is that people should be free and responsible for their actions and if you live your life that way you're going to achieve better results than people who do not do those things and i really think again that's just what that boils down to just many different aspects there's many different things we're going to discuss but that's going to be the theme yeah uh, i don't remember who it was that solidified it in three words. Like, what does the Northwood idea mean to you? And they said, freedom to choose. And it's just that. In every aspect of your life, you should be free to choose. Um, Northwood idea to me is a lot of the same, a lot of the same points you touched on. And the most important of that is the freedom to choose. No matter what it is, you have the freedom to choose whatever uh, avenue you want to take. And then you accept the responsibility of the both intended and the unintended consequences of those actions and choices that you made. Uh, and that goes back down to me from a, a little kid. You know, my grandpa always told me, make the best decision you can at the time and live with it. You can't go back and forth on what you should have done or should do or what this could have done or what that could have done. It's make the decision, live with it, go, you know, go from there. And Northwood, Northwood appeals to that part of me so much. And I think an important part too uh, with not having that philosophy is the fact that you know mistakes are then always viewed as this like purely negative thing mm-hmm. right when you don't have this responsibility attached to it but you just have this environment is hitting me with these unintended consequences and i don't know what to do from here right it causes people to lose direction i think having this emphasis on you know, you're responsible for for whatever happens and it's up to you to deal with the bad things that happen in life create people that learn from the bad things that happen to them and the negative experiences to end up becoming better, you know, people, more productive people, contributing more to society and their communities and things like that. 
And I think that that point of emphasis being lost actually does have uh, negative consequences on people because, again, those don't become learning experiences. They become dramatic experiences that inhibit people. Well, we're seeing that happen all across higher education outside of institutions like Northwood, right? I mean, institutions that don't have these principles are sort of crumbling before us with you know, safe spaces and whatever else. They want to get into a deep political conversation. But when we take the, as kind of our generation has, take away that personal responsibility, we now look to somebody or something to place that responsibility on. And in many cases, we are now looking as a generation to the state mm-hmm. to take care of whatever we're trying to do. And the Northwood idea like diametrically opposes that entire sentiment. Yeah, and it, it's a slippery slope too, especially with you know uh, the size of this country and the diverse cultures that we celebrate. And we, you know we've talked about this before. Like there, there's a very diverse amount of people living over a very large mass of land. Um, and I think for that reason, you know, those standard like American values of like you come here and you make this, you know, the reality that you want it to be, and, and you work hard and you know, you live out a dream um, that that you envision is really like what America's all about and why it's been so uh, successful and, and, you know, has riven, risen above other countries as, as far as uh, uh, that success goes in a shorter amount of time. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's great examples too, was how Northwood decided to individually handle through personal responsibility and choice the coronavirus mm-hmm. and going back to school. And I think that um, not only were we able to keep our case rates lower than most other educational institutions, but we were providing our students a more quality education at the same time. Um, and yeah, masks and social distancing and hybrid Zoom classes and things aren't the convenient path to take, nor were they like any kind of legal path we were forced to take. It's just this is the best way to approach this to have a proper academic you know, semester. And I think we knocked it out of the park. And it's unfortunate that we have to deal with the same kind of restrictions and regulations as a place like University of Michigan, where Ann Arbor had 6,500 cases in the city. I think half of those were campus-related cases, and we at the same time had eight and have to follow the same shutdowns. Um, When I think at the end of the day, if we were free to choose that, we would have been able to continue that, that great track record of success and safety for our students while we were here. Yeah, and I think uh, you're on the right track, especially like going back to the flood. You know, Northwood wasn't didn't have their hands out just waiting for government assistance to say, "Hey, we need to, um, like, we need to rebuild our campus. We need government Monday money." We talked to donors. Uh, I know President McDonald was awesome in connecting with donors. So was Justin Marshall and the rest of the administrative staff. Uh, we relied on our endowment. We relied on a lot of free market principles rather than waiting for a handout. And because of that. The flood hit in May, then we, or sorry, the pandemic hit in March, flood hit in May, and we were ready to go off of both of those catastrophes August 28th. Yeah, and honestly, like, I have to, to really thank our faculty and, and give them proper recognition. <laughs> They're awesome. That. Not only, I mean, it's amazing, because not only were we able to adjust the way we approached academics to suit this pandemic better than any other educational institution I have seen, but we were doing that in the middle of literally rebuilding <laughs> campus from yeah. being underwater. 
Um, and, you know, for those who haven't seen pictures of what Northwood looked like in the middle of that flood, it is jaw-dropping, and it's even more jaw-dropping that we were able to entirely rebuild our entire campus in a matter of a couple months. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you, you go on campus now, and it's like it never even happened. And it, it, seriously, the, the amount of money, manpower, innovation, all those things that had to go into making this semester happen uh, definitely deserves credit to all the people involved. Absolutely. So I have got Dr. Orville Watts's article that he wrote in 1973 for the Foundation for Economic Education. And I'm just thumbing through, kind of looking at the different uh, aspects that he covers on the Northwood idea. So uh, we got the Judeo-Christian ethic, which is uh, the subsets underneath that are idea of individual responsibility, moral law, respect for property, uh, conditions of sale. We've kind of covered a lot of those. Um, so let's next go on kind, kind of the emphasis on work and thrift and why working, saving um, is this so important. Yeah, so I, um, and you know this about me, and, and I think a good chunk of people that list, you know are listening that know who I am know this about me, but I'm a musician as well as, you know, somebody that's into business and economics and things like that. And on social media, I've like, floated out a couple ideas just to see, you know, what the response would be for my musician audience. And uh, I remember posting one time, I was just like, hey, like, do you see work as something that creates personal fulfillment for you? Or do you see work as a means to an end? And there's a lot of really healthy, good conversation, but I'd say the responses were pretty split um, overall, which I, you know, was to be expected. But I think what Watts gets at in that work and thrift part is that, like, if if you don't try to find fulfillment in the things that create, you know, the, the littlest amount of, you know, pain or dissatisfaction in the moment, then you're going to live your entire life very dissatisfied with everything that you're doing, and you're not going to get to those things that have fulfillment. And, um, you know, philosophers like, like Jordan Peterson uh, sub the word, you know, pain or, or whatever with investment. It's mm -hmm. like, all right, well, Maybe you're just willing to invest a little bit of that inconvenience into your life to create greater, better, more sustainable things and mitigate catastrophic levels of pain and suffering and things like that. Um, and I think that's one great part about about the idea of, of you know getting benefit out of work. And I think the other great part of that, too, is that you're, you're serving your community. And that's the other part that I think people don't put enough emphasis on is that every single time that you're contributing in a workplace setting, the reason why people are there paying money to you in the first place for doing any of those things, or maybe not paying money to you and you're getting, you know, personal uh, gratification out of it, like helping in the flood, like you're servicing your community. And that's why those things are value valuable. That's why society values it. Mm -hmm. um, it's because you're, you're out there doing things that society as a whole benefits from that mm -hmm. if you weren't doing, wouldn't get done. Yeah, capitalism, I remember Professor Talkerev said, capitalism is the only way to both serve your neighbor and serve yourself. You know, I trade my goods or my services for either monetary or, uh, you know, a trade or barter. Um, I'll touch next on the without savings and tools that we'd still live in caves. Um, his little subheading there, which I think is super important because we live in such a, like, I need it now, immediate uh, gratification society that it's more important for us to put a, a new bag or a new pair of shoes or a new laptop on a credit card than it is to 
um, you know, save up, wait, have some patience, and move along. And those smaller purchases that we make, like the shoes or the the laptop, whatever, then translate into our business practices. You know, uh, Silicon Valley has a huge problem with, you know, you get some venture capital funding and you immediately spend it not on research and development, not on things that are of importance to make you more money, but instead on the nice fancy offices and a cappuccino machine. And this this goes beyond the value too. Uh, there's a lot of research that's been coming out on you know what's being deemed zombie companies, mm-hmm. where these people are professionals at funding rounds and they are horrible at creating a profitable yeah. business, right? So you have publicly traded companies that are seeing positive stock value and continuing to see that over time because they're good at funding and then failing year over year to turn a profit. Now, sometimes that's just because what their end goal is hasn't been achieved yet. I think Tesla is an example of that is, you know, the amount of funding rounds that they did um, just to turn a profit this year um, is definitely uh, unique. However, there's then a bunch of companies on top of it that do crazy funding rounds and don't turn a profit and end up failing. And then you just end up with people who have all sorts of investment capital to blow. I'm sure we can have a really fun talk with Professor Hop on Tesla and uh, this whole area here oh yeah we should uh we should bring him in uh just to see how many buttons we can push see if we can get him all riled up about elon um no kidding but to bring that to to a personal example too um you know my girlfriend runs a jewelry business and she's a music major she doesn't really have like the same kind of formal business education that you and i do yeah i think she navigates it very well and i think that you know the components to what makes a business successful is actually much more obvious than people want to give it credit for it's you know doing it sustainably and consistently that's the tough part but it's funny because i think the biggest thing that she has issue with is how much money needs to be spent right because there's all sorts of great things that she can invest in with that business that might make her products greater or whatever but if she's not increasing the prices that's not increasing her profits obviously so i had to kind of help her out with just you know being smart with the money that she puts into all of her materials because anytime she isn't smart with that money and she has to scrap something or it's not the you know proper quality or whatever it's money that gets chopped away at her or, you know her margins and things like that and i think many entrepreneurs struggle with just that yes says how do, how do you limit they're, they're really good at okay well i have this product and i need to make it x price in order to make a profit but they're not so good at how can I limit costs as much as physically possible in order and still achieve that same product. No, I think we've touched on um, really all the important parts of the Northwood idea here, uh, unless you have anything else that you could add. No, you know, uh, I'm sure you and I could just sit here and uh, talk <laughs> about philosophy and, and finance and business for, for a long time. But I definitely think that, uh, you know, even though we're missing uh, what would be uh, our third person right. for our guest, uh, I think definitely at least uh, gives a good idea of what people can expect the subject matter is going to be, uh, some of the things they're going to hear, some of the things they're going to listen to. And I'm definitely excited to uh, start bringing in guests uh, second semester here when it's appropriate to do so. I am I'm on the edge of my seat trying to get uh, started on this, as uh, you've learned. Um, one last thing, what do you think we can do uh, outside of the podcast? And what do you think people can do? outside of, uh, you know, listening, sharing to the podcast to help spread the Northwood idea better because arguably this is the one philosophy that America and the Western world and really the world abroad needs tremendously right now. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing, um, and I kind of alluded to this at the beginning, 
is it doesn't have to be political. And at the very end of the day, you're going to find people that disagree with the statement. Right. But you're going to find people that agree with it, too, that that needed an educational institution to come out and have some different philosophies than, than what we're used to. So I think the best way that you can spread it, honestly, is by living it and then attributing those successes to, well, there's just a couple core values that I have that I think contributes to, to living the good life. I think that that's really is, uh, is the best anybody can do. And if you're involved directly with Northwood and you get to be involved in all the amazing things Northwood does on campus, even better yet. But, you know, you're free to choose. You're responsible for yourself. Live that out and uh, things should be all right. I couldn't have said it better myself. Let's uh, let's say thanks real quick to uh, Professor G for letting us use the New Idea Center. This place is awesome. This podcast studio is sweet. Um, big shout out to him for getting this all set up and um, rolling. Yeah, and uh, you know Professor G has created some incredible opportunities for students here on campus in general. Absolutely. So he definitely deserves a lot of credit there. This facility is amazing, and his ability to uh, you know comply with every restriction possible right now just to make it a, a moderately usable space given this time is, is phenomenal too. So definitely thanks for that. And thanks to anybody that took the time to, to listen to us chat here for the past 40 minutes or so. Thanks guys.